Mockingjay, part three, chapters 19 and 20. 19 and 20, yes. That's what we're on. Finally on part three. The final act. Half of this I could not even, when I read it, I could not even imagine happening ever in real life. Even, I mean, we'll get to it, but even just like the oil or mass or whatever the heck that is spewing from the street, it's just it's also d- weird and like I, I still can't imagine like knowing mm-hmm. like seeing the movie it is this it seems more realistic but like in the book it seems more like weirdly fantastical and like more it's disturbing I don't know it's it's yeah. different it's different the movies I feel like changed a lot of things to make it more realistic which I mean I, I get cause they wanted to do it realistically <laughs> But, but I think what part of it was horrifying is that like it's hard to imagine. Yeah, true. And it's not like they didn't have the budget to like do what's actually in the book. But yeah, a lot of the little details about like the pods and different things are are not translated as they are in the book. Dialogue is overall kind of similar, but mm-hmm. it's it's the fine details that are different. Okay, so the beginning of 19, PETA has just arrived to be part of the squad. Uh, I, I love that Boggs oh. is mad, too. I've never really seen Boggs angry before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the first line. Boggs and, and she have that conversation about, like, why Coin would want her dead to not be a threat anymore. It's so good, because, like, it just shows how Boggs is really the best character in the entire trilogy. <laughs> yeah. She's the only one who can be, like, actually real with Katniss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how far down we are, but, I mean, on the next page of Chapter 19, when, I mean, it's it's kind of verbatim in the movie, but Katniss is like, why you don't owe me anything and he said because you've earned it and then he says now get back to your squad like I wish that they would have I don't know like the whole now get back to your squad thing it it feels different than in the movie where he's just like because you've earned it and then it's the next scene but it shows here that he's more of a commander I, I don't know mm-hmm. how like to well she's it. like earned her place in the squad too yeah like, this is something that she's earned she went through like all that training i mean that was not in the movie so i -hmm. guess that maybe is also why it feels a little different like she's part of a team it sounds like she was was talking about her being part of the games too that's how i read it yeah but then like when he's like now get back to your squad it's just like it's so out of left field but also like so on character for him like i I don't know just that part just kind of like I don't want to say it threw me off. I just had forgotten about that because it's not in the movie. It, he just says in the movie because you've earned it. And then she just kind of walks off. And then the book is just like, now get back to your squad. Right. I think I think it's consistent for his character in the book, like how it's written. But it, there is definitely a difference in the movie. Like it wouldn't make sense for that line to be in the movie. Not at all. But it's still such a good line. I I, I don't know. I dwindled on that line yeah. for a minute. I was like, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I really like it because, like, it's 
this continued thing of Katniss seeing like people owe her stuff. She owes people like she's always in someone's debt, you know, like that's like it's, a continued trend. It is, but it's also so frustrating. I got really frustrated with Katniss in this part. Um, Cause she was like, I know I should feel appreciative of Bong sticking his neck <laughs> out for me, but really I'm frustrated. Like <laughs> with her I own mean, issues. Like, oh God, like I get it. I get it. Like I, I, I would, I would not want to be in debt with somebody that saved my life or whatever, but like just girl, just move on. Like it's you're in war. Like it's just go on with it. It's fine. I love that. She's just like, I need to ditch them right now. No, really. <laughs> it's so interesting because it's like being in the arena. Like True. that's exactly yeah. it. But it, but it's also different because she's with a squad this time that like theoretically aren't going to like they're all on the same team working towards an end goal. Like technically they all could survive, you know. I mean they well, all pretty much don't, but like they're not killing each other. Yeah, it's like in um, Catching Fire Arena, not necessarily the Hunger Games Arena, but like how she was in a pack with people and she was still trying to plan on ditching them mm-hmm. and like wasn't yeah. sure if she should trust them or not. And then even, no, we're not to that point, but even with like that black like goo wave thing, that just reminded me of the wave in Catching Fire, like the uh... gaming Like it's nothing, it's all just like there's nothing new it's just the arena and like in war you know in real life mm-hmm. it, that's very interesting and i agree i i see such a complex character mm-hmm. so good but so yeah like good. i love all the comparisons between like the arena and what that's like versus the actual war i mean that's like what susan was trying to do trying to write <laughs> yeah i love it yeah like the what we use for entertainment and how we consume it it's like look at its real life effects you know like how's mm-hmm. it played out in real life and yeah you'll see there's not a lot of differences you know um yeah but even like how when she was talking about you know like the similar you don't owe me anything how she does that a lot in the arenas but then it even reflects how she feels about herself like later on i'm getting ahead but later on in this chapter um, or maybe it's the next chapter, how she's interacting with PETA and the like real or not real game. And like, she just feels, she says she feels worthless. Um, and like, it goes back to her, this mentality of her feeling like she owes people things, not capable of like doing things on her own, being in people's debt. Um, like, it's just like this mentality of how she views herself and it's shaping her behaviors and how she always feels like she needs to ditch people, you know, because she doesn't feel like she's actually useful. Sad without PETA, too, because he's always the one that, like, she was looking to or, like, yeah. made her kind of feel, like, special or, like, more yeah. valuable. And so she's really angry that he's not around. And I don't know, like, she doesn't so really sad. feel like that anymore because yeah. he, he's not giving that to her. Oh, it's tough. It's so sad, especially if she thinks like that person is gone forever or if that person was just like not real. And then this PETA is like the true PETA and like his real colors are showing, quote unquote. But like that's that's like so sad and heartbreaking. 
Yeah. Then saying like all this nasty stuff to her. And so she's like, okay, this is the real PETA and that's the real me. Yeah. Oof. So sad. It's so sad. But also point of confusion for me was when like Jackson puts her in her rotate in rotation. Um and then he says mid or Jackson says midnight at midnight to four you're on with me and then it says the dinner whistle sounds I was trying to imagine this knowing like at least seeing the movie or whatever do they have like a because she also talks about the canteen later in this in this chapter and I'm just like did they set up an entire canteen with like just these few people and why is there a dinner whistle Who's who's on kitchen duty here? <laughs> who's blowing the whistle? <laughs> Literally, Peter, like who, who's Peter. doing this? <laughs> Peter just Peter. making everybody cakes. Like I just don't. <laughs> I, I like remember when I read this part the for the first time ever. I was just like, oh, they're out in like some distant encampment, and there are like other people with them. But then, like the more and more I reread it, I was like, oh wait, no, it's just them. So like, who's they set up an entire canteen and someone's blowing a dinner whistle <laughs> in, in this sort of environment. I don't know. Jeez. Yeah, Suzanne explained. I don't Literally. know. It, 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 took, it took me out a little bit. I was very confused when I was rereading this. Um, still very good, though. I cannot complain about any of it. I like how Gail just walks up to her and goes, do you want uh, me to kill him? <laughs> which awful. she's like, taken aback by but i'm like yeah. katniss two seconds ago you I were know. like i could shoot Peta. he's yeah. he's not Peta anymore he's at my <laughs> like what <laughs> maybe she it just know sounds bad <laughs> like coming from someone else she was like oh gail especially oh that is harsh it's like gail's awful we don't like gail we don't like gail just a weekly reminder <laughs> literally um <laughs> I mean, she says, like, but even though I'm furious, the brutality of the offer rattles me. So, like, I mean, I feel like this is kind of like the, I don't want to say it's the first. Scale has many awful, awful attributes to him. But I think this piles on to the fact that, like, he doesn't care about human life at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or he easily dehumanizes or otherizes people. I could not have said it better myself. Yes. Yes, this is yes. Yeah, he's very good at that. Um, and I think like kind of she, you know, she was just saying how she could easily kill PETA, but hearing it from Gail, I think she got freaked out because she actually believed Gail would. And like deep down, maybe she she really thought that she couldn't actually kill PETA, even though she said she said she could. They're both mentally ill. It's fine. They both need therapy. <laughs> There's a lot of that going around in Mockingjay. I, no, yeah. I mean, honestly, everybody in this book needs therapy. Yeah. Every single person. But then we um, get uh, Hamish having a oh, conversation with Hamish. Knocking some sense into her. I hate how that scene was deleted from the movie. Yeah. But, but have you seen the deleted scene? It was such I, a I've good seen all scene. of them. <laughs> I think it's terrible. Wait, really? I, I love so it. cheesy. No, no, no. <laughs> I was like, cut that out. <laughs> I 
I mean, it's weird. Lo- it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> most of the deleted scenes, I agree with that. Like a, a lot of them, I'm just like, that's cheesy and weird. But like with this one, I mean, I don't, I haven't seen it in a minute. But when I was rereading this chapter for tonight, I was like, oh yeah, that's like that deleted scene, and I loved it. I was like, oh man, I wish I was in the book in the movie. Mm-hmm. I wish the moment was in the movie, but I, I remember seeing the deleted scene and it being very obvious that they like weren't actually talking to each other, you know, uh, that like, oh, what do you, what do you film? That weird his, video chat. And then she filmed hers. And yeah, it was just so, it just did not match up. Which I mean, granted though, in the book, it does say phone call. It doesn't say video call. Yeah. I mean, I, I do I love do the it. moment though. It's very, I mean, he knocks some sense into her, though, at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. He's like, think yeah. about it in reverse. Yeah. And that Oof. really doesn't matter. Like, Katniss is like, wait, I have to think of somebody else other than myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love Katniss to death, but oh my goodness, she does not think of other people that well. <laughs> well, it's partially because she thinks so poorly of herself. And when you do that, like you can't really think of other people all that well, too. I feel like I feel like I'm talking to my therapist here. Yes, I agree. <laughs> oh, it's good advice. It is very good advice. No, she's been through a lot. She's she's Candace has gone through too much. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if we talked about this in the last episode. I don't think we did, but for those that are un- unaware, I'm sure you all kind of know, but. Squad 451, that's a reference to Ray Bradbury's novel, Fahrenheit 451. Do y'all know that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know that. I haven't read the book. So, oh, but it is a, it's it's a cool so reference. It's so good. It's so good. 10 out of 10, recommend. Um, Ray Bradbury is an awful person, but that book is very good. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of um, separating the art and the artist. <laughs> I, I, you know, to an extent, I can do it, but there's only so far I can go. But Suzanne referenced it, obviously. That's why she named it Squad 451. I, I wish that it was more of like a thing in the movie because, I mean, we'll get there, but like when they, it leads up to Boggs's death, um, the whole like putting on the makeup and like reenacting the the gun fire and all of that stuff and they're all like laughing mm-hmm. and then like mm-hmm. automatically like Boggs gets his legs blown off and it's like whoa crap what's what's happening um I wish that they would have kept that I think it's I think that's such an interesting dynamic well and just how fast it happened too like yeah it's it's more disturbing that way I think mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like, I I wrote it, a note there I mean we're skipping ahead a little bit but I wrote down that I wish that they had done it in the movie this way instead of it being serious and then going into that moment. Like, yeah, it would be so like awful to see them kind of be lulled into kind of like, oh, this isn't really, you know, that well, intense. A false and sense kind of security. Like, yeah, kind of, you know, laughing and having kind of like a, a good time almost. And then reading about how there was the fake smoke that yes. was added for and the, then the cameras and then it it gets added to with like the real thing i just that's so chilling i i didn't remember that part at all and mm. that really struck I didn't me either Oof, what a trap these entire traps are very scary i wish i would have yeah. went more into them in the movie mm-hmm. i mean we'll get to there especially like as we read later chapters but they're insane <laughs> 
the shots are insane. Especially near the end. Uh, oh, especially like the streets you know. that swallow people, like that <laughs> whole section. I just was like, "What is going on here?" And it's intense. It's very intense, and I mean, this is kind of where, like, to put it lightly, where crap hits the fan. <laughs> I want to say other words, but like it's <laughs> technically we are a clean <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right, I'm trying here. I am trying here. It's 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 hard for my vernacular. Um, <laughs> but this this is when stuff gets real. Was is when Boggs gets his legs blown off. It's all fun and games until then. But anyway. <laughs> It's all um, fun and games and we get the you're a painter, you're a baker line. I was gonna say, Ronnie, of course you skipped <laughs> over the little romantic bit. <laughs> yeah. I, Let, I love that. my depressing listen, I'm in a mood tonight. Let me get to my depressing <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Let me enjoy my Everlark stuff to cheer me up. Okay? No, it's very yeah. it's very and, and like and I, the start of real or not real. And I yes. loved I loved I did love how they do it in the movie. Cause like it was kind of verbatim. Mm-hmm. They did a great job. They did a really great job with that. But I'll I'll let you guys go off on your little tangents about that it's moment. Just one of my favorite lines ever is "You're a painter, you're a baker, you sleep with the windows." No, I'm like, you ah, always double knot no. your shoelaces. Yeah, I just start crying every time I see it. It's just so sweet, and it's the first time Katniss starts to look at Peta as Peta again, and that's just what makes me so happy. Because she's just kind of given up on him before, like you guys were talking about before. She sees I mean, him like, as a mutt. Literally, the page before she was literally like, "Screw him, kill him." I won't be shooting Peta. <laughs> He's gone. Joanna's right. I'd rather it just be like shooting another another. Capitals mutts, another one of the Capitals mutts. It's so sad because it 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 really does describe like the battle with mental health because mm-hmm. there's that fine line of is like is the person still there or is this who they are now? You know, after people like go through some type of trauma or you know war or something of that nature, and like sometimes like you get glimpses and then like sometimes they recover not fully and then you know other times it's just really hopeless but Mm -hmm. like she describes that battle so well though with like even on the same page 271 like above how she talks about like how hard that would be try to imagine not being able to tell illusion from reality like oh that broke my heart but that's exactly what's happening and I didn't think about, like, some of the lines hit me, like, uh, Peter spends a long time considering even small pieces of information, like where people bought their soap back home. Mm. I don't know, uh. it's just such a small, like, detail, like, there's so much that he's confused about that he needs to, like, remember accurately and, like, sort through, not just, like, these bigger things. That was that was just sad to me. Poor Peter. He doesn't deserve any of this. No, not <laughs> at all. <laughs> but I do love that Jackson is the one that comes up with the real or not I, real game. <laughs> I was no. literally just about Queen. to say that. No, no, no. <laughs> and she is the one who like pairs them up in a certain way so that there's like a diversified group that 
people who know PETA better and like not as well are together. So she's really helping PETA out. Jackson is the saving grace of this chapter. No. (laughs) No. Holly's such a hater. (laughs) She also was like, well, for starters, we're your squad. Yeah. Like, like no. she's just trying to. <laughs> she's like, you can trust us. Like, that's a fact. Like, you know, it's fine. She's fine. I give her a little bit of credit, but she's not the saving grace. That's too much. <laughs> that's too much credit for her. If I mean, anything, I would, that goes to Boggs. This chapter. I was about to say, mm-hmm. Boggs would definitely be the saving grace of this chapter, but Jackson is the second runner up. Mm. <laughs> well she's the number in my two opinion. so <laughs> doing our job not anymore oh god okay. <laughs> hollow was not granted to her Mm-mm. well then we get the end of this chapter and we talked about how depressing oh. that last god. line triggering the bum that blows off his legs like that is- Suzanne no really? that made me really? that made me one that made me like physically sick when I first read it. I remember like, right where after I they're was. laughing. I just I can't. Yes, I think that's one of my favorite chapter endings I've read in a while. It's really same. Good. I also I love the small detail of like the oh gosh what was it um is when the gun pod went off and she was like when he hits the pod we take cover ducking into doorways and flattering. Yeah, flattering onto the pretty light orange and pink pa- paving stones. Like, just imagine just like a street or a sidewalk, I guess, guess covered in pink and orange paving stones. Yeah, the contrast. That was such, yeah, and, and just like getting covered in blood. That's so disturbing, but so interesting. And I mean, I can't imagine even just like the Hunger Games trilogy in general, like the movies having pink and orange pavement stones not even valid having that as well so i think it's a cool image yeah i i underlined that line laughter changes to screams blood stains pastel stones real smoke darkens the special effects stuff made for television uh, so good uh, so good you know what that oh, and- kind of reminds me of uh when the trip uh in ballad when uh before uh Arachne dies when they're all mm. laughing and <gasps> juggling. Uh, the tributes mm. are juggling and they're all having a good time. And then mm. boom. Yes. Kind of like that same vibe. I didn't right. think about that. I yes. hope that's like that in the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just I, like I, this I, instant mood change. <laughs> yeah. But, 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 not like them, but not like the Mockingjay part one ad- or part two adaptation where it's just like yeah. serious the entire time. <laughs> I hope they actually do that. It'd be more realistic that way. Yeah. That's actually what happens, like, in war, whenever, yeah, that's just what happens when victims are involved. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> Suzanne knows what she's doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just a little bit. <laughs> Seems like it. <laughs> I mean, especially as, like, the war in Ukraine and stuff goes on, it's just, like, you're hearing details about stuff like this, mm-hmm. and it's it's yeah. disturbing. It's very disturbing. Mm-hmm. It's a little too close to home reading this book. Yeah. yeah. Literally, especially now, like I'm just like Suzanne, you know what you're doing. So then, then Bugs transfers the control of the hollow to Katniss. 
immediately after that the the oil tar stuff i don't even know what it is which i was just imagining a normal city block when i read this and i could not like imagine what it would be like in the movie i was just imagining a tidal wave of just black tar or something like that at the end of the street but i like how they did it in the movie it's I think very it's more epic and scary in the movie. When I saw Mockingjay Part 2 um, at the premiere, it was like one of the biggest screens, like IMAX screens in the country. And when that part came up and like they were like, it was closing the, the doors of that, like, I don't want to say doors, but like mm-hmm. the barrier of that apartment building and the oil started spilling, I was speechless. I was just like, what? What? Is it's so big and grand. I mean, it's different than what I thought that it would be, but it was very cool. Yeah, in the book, it's described as like geysers coming out yeah. from the ground, which is interesting, kind of like blocking them, and then they have to run from it. But also, like my big thing with this is that, like she said, that it was neither like a liquid or a gas, but like in the movie, it was very much a liquid. I would say. It yeah, just, there like, was boil. there was one part. It was like. Oh, not mechanical nor natural and i'm like what yeah. i can't even picture it then i don't mm. know that's a lot of this like the later part of mockingjay though is like it's a lot of weird descriptions like that it's it's just like what what's going on here suzanne suzanne's like yeah you can imagine whatever it looks like in your mind <laughs> yeah literally well yeah i mean that opens it up to just like leaving it up to the reader to imagine anything that they want that they think would be scary. Yeah. I don't know. Like that. They're dragging bugs along. So awful. Like yeah. in the movie, obviously they he's dead in there. But it's I feel like that is that is like R rated. <laughs> like yes. include that. Yeah. Oh, oh. I mean, he's alive for a good bit after this. Mm-hmm. Uh a, a this while, heart? yeah. Oh. Uh. Oh, and the trap for Mitchell. Oh, oh my goodness. God. Oh. That's probably one of the worst ways to die. Um, I mean, they had it, at least in theory, in the movie. <laughs> but it was never explained that it was like a barbed wire trap. It was just like sound effects and then him just getting hoisted up. But mm-hmm. it, still, it's it's so disturbing it's so upsetting pg-13 pg-13 i know pg-13 which i'm worried about what they'll cut from ballad because it's probably going to be pg-13 but even that in the movie it's still terrifying you just like he just falls and he just hoists it up and he's instantly dead it is like, it yeah. Was, yeah yeah i trust pope francis to like stride the guidelines of like what's rated r and pg-13 i feel like he knows what to show and what not to show i feel like it's different now like i feel like you can get away with a lot more now compared i was to thinking that, that as well yes let's hope we get some hanging <laughs> dead tributes <laughs> oh my god <laughs> as much as i don't want to see that i want to see it <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh. Um, and, well, then Boggs 
tells Katniss, don't trust them, don't go back, kill PETA, do what you came to do. Which, that line confuses me a little bit. Like, who is he talking, who's the don't trust them that he's talking about? And then District 13. Do what you came to- Okay, he's talking about like coin. That's kind of what I think. Yeah, but yeah. I'm like, he could also be like the squad too, because he yeah. also says kill Peta. But I feel like the squad is kind of a a figure of District Thirteen, because they're still all following mm. District so, Thirteen's like, don't, orders. Don't trust anybody. Yeah, I, I I mean I think he kind of saw that Katniss was there on a on a certain mission, which was to kill snow to kill snow. Then he says, "Do what you came to do." And what does he I kill was like, snow? what? But how does he know? He just like knows it. Do what things. you came to do. And I was thinking about the movie because, like, I was skipping ahead to later when Katniss confesses, and they were like, "Oh, well, yeah, like, you announced it to everybody. Like, I kill snow. So obviously, Boggs knew that that's, you know, ultimately what you wanted to do. But then in the movie, that doesn't happen." So his like do what you came to do in the movie is kind of weird. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, that would make sense because I forgot it about was... that I kill snow thing in in the book because they took it out in the film. Well, which is funny because like I remember there was an interview with Nina um, right after part one. At least I think it was the trailer came out, and somebody asked her like, "Is Katniss gonna have the declaration of I kill snow?" And she was like. Well, no, not necessarily, but like it's gonna be clear in the movie. And I'm like, is it <laughs> after seeing it's, it's, like, it's is clear? It? I feel like for Katniss, but like I don't know. I just don't know how Boggs would know that that's like what she wants to do, or like anybody else. I mean, as much as we like to critique this, this was made for an audience of teenagers, so it's. You know, it, it, suspension of disbelief, I guess, to, to, a, to a certain point. I guess, because, like, we as an audience know that yeah. that's what she wants to do. Boggs just had some intel. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, let, let's, let's write a fanfic about how Boggs got some intel on how Katniss is going to kill <laughs> Snow. Well, even later on, like, no one was surprised whenever Katniss, like, comes clean. Yeah, like they all kind of knew what they were signing up for, and I mean, if they all knew that, clearly Boggs would figure that like, you know he would obviously know. You know, um, I just I don't think Munch would get past him. I agree with that. Katniss wonders why Cressida is on her side, and I'm like, do we think that she liked Katniss like and wanted to support her, or just like really wanted to film whatever was going to happen? <laughs> Might have been a mix of both, honestly. I could see it at work. She wants to be like she's tired of filming like the propaganda films and like wants to be at the action. I could see her wanting to be at the action. But I could also see her caring about Katniss and being like, okay, I'm picking up what you're throwing down here. Chase's distaste for (laughs) Chris. (laughs) I feel like I mean Cressida is still like capital. To begin with, like, you know, even if she defected, that's where she grew up. That's what shaped her initial way of being, I guess. And I feel like 
she has a genuine interest, but it's still like limited as far as what she can actually do, if that makes sense, or how she shows it. Mm. Right. Yeah. I feel like That's for her, point. she's probably doing the most that she feels like she can. And to be fair, she's putting herself in danger going out there, you know, for the cause. It's not like she, it's like a safe job for her to do. Right. Um, or for, for the filming opportunity. She right. She seems and to then, be well known in the capital. So it's like the sacrifice of her to yeah. go out there and film for the her rebellion. Her career, whatever. Mm. And I mean, yeah, to me, that's somebody who actually is like real like they're authentic with what they say they're doing Mm, Um, that's a good point i don't think that she could ever comprehend or be on the same wavelength as people who come from the districts especially not 12 so like she's never going to understand katniss in the way that hamish or Peta or even gail or you know and throwing you know finnick and joanna in there as well but i think she's doing what she can do with her perspective and her skill set. Queen. Okay, I like that. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm out here to defend her. <laughs> Get a chase. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I'll say it again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we haven't mentioned this yet, but the fumes of the black tar also was not really a thing in the movie. Um, they seemed just kind of comfortable with it and they're like, oh, it's this black goo whatever but i like the fact that they put on like masks and stuff to go out to go to the other apartment which also is like weird to me because they it's on the first floor it seems like they say that they go out the kitchen and they're in the courtyard and i'm like how are they on the first floor when like this goo piled up for so long i mean i don't know if i'm just thinking of the movie where like it went up two floors or whatever but it's strange. I'm trying to find the page where it describes that. Um, it was. Oh, it's on page six or two ninety three. Um, okay. At the very bottom, where it says Jackson scowls, snatches the hollow for me, and taps in a command. At an an intersection comes up. If we go out the kitchen door, there's a small courtyard, in the back of another corner apartment unit. Um. We're looking at an overview for streets that meet at an intersection. Like, how are they going out into a courtyard when, like, are they supposed to be high up? I don't understand. Yeah, that is kind of confusing. It's like, if the goo's going to go into their apartment, I mean, I don't know if it's just because of the movie where I was like, oh, they're on the second floor of a building and the goo is there. Isn't just like closing the door, though, like them being inside, remove them from it? I mean, I'd hope so. I would guess so. It's so hard to think about this in in parallel, like with the film and like the no, visual really. there. Yeah, no, the really. film just confuses me. me. Yeah, same. I mean, the film is brilliant. Like, Francis, if you're listening, we love you. We stand. But what the heck happened to this? <laughs> <laughs> and then they leave the apartment, and Katniss is like, "Put on your masks. We're going out the way we came." Which, can I say, I don't understand why, because Jackson has decided to stay, and, like, all of them have decided to stay with her. And, yeah, she Katniss has the hollow, but 
why is Jackson not still in charge? Like if they've all decided to go on this I think mission. They just kind of they just accepted a defeat at this point. Where they're like, all right, let's we'll listen to Katniss. Because it's a book made for teenagers. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of like Suzanne just needed a moment of her being in charge and leading, but like it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't. It definitely I still takes think you out Jackson would bit. be like strategically like leading the mission if she's there. But okay. <laughs> she's just bitter. Well, if she, yeah, if she was like strategically leading the mission, then she would strategically lead them back. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Not really? Yeah, like she didn't. Yeah, she wasn't on board for going forward in the first place. That's why she was demanding control of the Hollow. But like, then she is there and is part of the group. So it's not like she suddenly isn't the same like rank that she is i don't know i just it feels to me like she should still be leading but yeah i see what you mean like still using like her skills skill set and like being a little bit more strategic in it i get that just being like this is what we're gonna do okay now Mm -hmm. i've accepted it so let me lead us to go do that thing sure well just you know, she's not all that great of a character. So I mean, maybe that's why. Okay. You feel like a can of worms here. Uh, I knew with you would really like that. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> I don't really have notes for this chapter because a lot of stuff just kind of happens. To be honest, I don't have any notes to like the last page. So I mean, that's a lot of Mockingjay part two in this i guess and since is that like there's a lot that goes on but we don't have really a lot of notes to it because so much goes on then they're announced dead i guess that's something big that happens which is kind of boring in comparison to what happens in the movie i have to say (laughs) no it is i love how they incorporated snow and coin and like both of them seeing them almost kind of interact in a way i mean it's it's mentioned in the book that like Snow is going to speak soon, but you don't hear that or read that speech that he gives. So it it's so much better to just kind of see him speak and then Coin interrupt and be like, um, excuse me. I just love Coin like almost crying and like <laughs> acting, you know. <laughs> it's iconic. And again, I guess this is kind of close to the last page, but again, they mention about like the capital having like their capacity for hovercrafts um, oh yeah which is again like trying to establish the fact that the capital doesn't have a lot of hovercrafts for what happens later on in the book mm, sure. Good point. Uh, yeah <laughs> i like that mm-hmm. it's the second time that they've done that oh true Look at you. I've never <laughs> never noticed that. Yeah. I haven't either. I'm just good like that. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Truly though. And then it's like the whole end of the chapter where Peter wakes up and is like, kill me. <laughs> He's like, kill me, please. I, I did that. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> and I'm just like, and just like Peter, shut up. Like, just shut <laughs> up. Which Stop I talking. 
I recently watched the. <laughs> I recently watched the first Hunger Games movie, and at the end of it, I forgot. But he was like in the arena before they take the Nightlock. Peter's like, "No, kill me, Katniss. You need to go back." And then reading this, I'm like, oh, he does not ever change. <laughs> you may have gotten it's hijacked. Peter. Nothing changes. <laughs> right, right. Little, right. Kill see. me oh. first. <laughs> What a little soft boy. I want to hug him. I want to hug him so badly. (laughs) I love how he says it directly to Gail, too. He's like, I I know you're going to support this. Like, yeah. Gail's being... Gail's being a little SHIT in this chapter. I, I can't. True. I, I just... I, I, I've glossed over it because I don't want to get on the tangent, but, like, I just... Shut up. Just shut up, Gail. <laughs> Damn you, Gail. <laughs> but he's, yeah, he says it to Gail because he knows Gail will do something about it. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't actually think Katniss would kill him. Which, do you all think that she would? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. No. I mean, by the way that she fails to kill Gail also yeah. when he specifically asked for that and that was like kind of the pact that they made no spoiler alert <laughs> yeah <I'm> sorry. <laughs> prim dies <laughs> what <laughs> wait so does finnick what? oh my gosh guys i haven't read the book yet <laughs> <gasps> so this is a spoiler free podcast welcome <laughs> I'm I'm very excited to read on though because like this it, it just starts getting more and more insane Ugh, from mm-hmm. here on out like absolutely there's so much I'm glad that I get to talk to you guys about this because I've never talked about the rest of this book with anybody before yeah, just I'm internalized. excited to get to that like yeah. what I remember just, the, wait, the floor falling out it, like, it, it's oh. insane <laughs> it's insane it's absolutely insane when Prim dies in the book um the way that it was written was like I thought that she drowned. <laughs> like I thought that there was just like some big wave, but it, that was just what? because Katniss. No, because like how she wrote it, she was like, "There was a big wave that like washed over me." Blah blah. blah. No. And she was talking about her grief or like the, the wave explosion, of despair, Ronnie, or like the explosion or whatever. And I was just like, "Listen, I was like 13 before all of you all read this book. Um, when I read this part, and." I was like, what's going on here? What's happening? Even now to this day, I'm still confused, even though I know what's going on. But still, I want to talk about it with y'all. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that part. Like, it's I'm so good. So better that they didn't like even try to like uh, adapt that to the movie. <laughs> they were like, nope. I mean, I just, I just want Katniss like alone in a room, peeling her skin off for weeks on end that's all i want because that part is so good that's my favorite part in the katniss chronicles after she spoiler alert assassinates snow it's where she like wakes up in the hospital then like is isolated so good and i wish they would have done those in the movies but it's so quick yeah they should have given it more time they should have but we'll read on we'll see what happens yeah stay tuned for next week chapters 21 and 22 it'll be so good (laughs) 